welcome to an inspiring message from Pastor Gillian Cameron, lead pastor of Arise Church in New Zealand. We know this message will encourage, inspire, and empower you. Hey, well, tonight I am so excited to share a message with you uh, that God just spoke into my heart while I was on holiday, and I just couldn't escape this scripture. And I, I feel like tonight it's really fitting to be talking tonight from this scripture. My message tonight is called a holy echo. Why don't you tell the person next to you, a holy echo. A holy echo. First Thessalonians 1.8 says this, the message of the Lord has sounded out from you, not only in Greece, but its echo has been heard in every place where people are hearing about your strong faith. The message of the Lord has sounded out from you. Its echo has been heard in every place. A holy echo. Luke 8 says this. The man who had been set free begged Jesus over and over not to leave, saying, let me be with you. Jesus sent him away with these instructions. Return to your home and your family and tell them all the wonderful things God has done for you. So the man went away and preached to everyone who would listen about the amazing miracle that Jesus had worked in his life. This year, I had an appointment. And as I was going about my regular everyday life and going to this appointment, I prayed that actually it would be more than just a mundane appointment. I prayed that just perhaps this would be somebody that I could share about Jesus with, that maybe the conversation would lead in such a way that I could talk about Jesus. And so uh, once we discussed the appointment and things were underway, the inevitable conversation goes down the line. I'm sure you've had it with the people that you've talked with, uh, where the next part of the conversation is, so what do you do for a job? Now, if I want a short conversation, if I'm feeling tired, if I'm a little lacking luster, not feeling like conversing, I simply doom the conversation to a short end by saying, I pastor a church. That is the end of that conversation. Now, given I was wanting to be able to take some time to talk with him about Jesus, I pursued a different strategy. I said to him, I'm a speaker. This is not, not untruth, but you know, it's a slight variation. I said, I'm a speaker. I, I go and speak and I, I speak lots of places. Unfortunately, as the conversation continues, there was nowhere else for it to go but to the truth, the cold, hard facts. I am a certified Bible-carrying Christian. Really, there was nowhere the conversation was going to go. However, he stayed open, and I was quite amazed at this. And so I gently asked him, I said, oh, yes, I'm, I'm a pastor at the church Arise. Have you heard of Arise? Very gentle. And he laughed at me. He laughed out loud, and he said, have I heard of Arise? Everyone has heard of Arise. See? The message of the Lord has resounded out from you. A holy echo has been heard in every place. As he said those words, I immediately thought, what has he heard about? 
what is the message of our church? What is the message of our lives? What is the message that he has come into touch and contact with, that he would know the name arise? Would he know a message that resounds with the hope and the life of Jesus Christ? What was the message that he had heard? See, Jesus is someone that we always must talk about. But Jesus is not hard to talk about when he touches our life. See, the man had been touched, dramatically touched by Jesus. And there was a resounding echo that was going to flow out of his life simply because he'd received something from heaven. See, in Luke 8, this man's life has been turned upside down. It's been completely transformed. This man was a notorious madman. In fact, he used to get chained up. People used to put him in chains. He was incarcerated, but he could break out of any prison. He was like Houdini. No chains could keep him bound. He was so overcome by a strength that wasn't of God. It was an evil power that had possessed him. His name was Legion. But he was so bound up in the forces of darkness that no one could contain him. In fact, he had been banished from the village or driven out. He had been banished and he lived among the tombs. He was not in his right mind. Nobody could subdue him. And yet Jesus comes and in one moment, he becomes a completely different man. He's set free. His life is transformed. The Bible says that he becomes in his right mind and that he was sitting at the feet of Jesus. See, he'd begun to receive something from God. He'd received his freedom. He'd received transformation. Nothing about him was the same anymore. He had a lot to talk about, about what Jesus had done in his life. But what happens is that he begs Jesus that he could stay with Jesus. But the reality is that those who stay with Jesus are sent by Jesus. See, this man had sat at his feet. This man had been doing church. This man had been in a holy huddle with Jesus and the disciples. This man had been in the inner circle. He wanted to stay there. He wanted to stay where it was safe. He wanted to stay with what he knew. He wanted to stay in that place of safety. Maybe we sometimes, we love coming to church. We love going to our life groups. We love gathering together. But Jesus doesn't want us to just stay. He wants us to understand that our staying leads to our sending. That we stay so we can go. See, if we've received something from Jesus, then he is going to compel us to go and share what he has done. There is to be a holy echo that resounds when Jesus does something in our lives. Jesus saying, I'm going to send you. I've got to send you, even though you're begging me not to go, to just stay in my presence. See, we might just want to stay and pray. And God says, yes, stay, but also you must be sent. You must go. Jesus is saying to that man, you know what? Your story is going to impact people because they have seen you. You have been like a poster of a bad boy. You have been like everybody knows you. You are a nefarious criminal. You are not trusted. Your name is, is mud throughout 10 cities in this de Decapolis. You are known. And Jesus is saying, now that I've worked in your life, the story of what I have done must be known. And so Jesus says, I'm sending you. I'm sending you. I'm going to ask you this. Would you risk rejection? Will you get uncomfortable for me? Will you put your reputation on the line for me? And maybe in this room, will you tell others about me? See, if we've received something from Jesus, 
has he set us free? What have, what have we received from Jesus? I know my life was completely transformed by what I received from Jesus, so much so that I will never be the same again. I know the freedom that I've found in Jesus Christ. This man received this freedom, and Jesus is saying, will you risk moving out of safety to be sent by me? You know what Jesus says to him? He says, go tell who you know about what you know. Go tell who you know about what you know. See, this is what Jesus asks of us, that we would tell who we know about what we know. See, we don't have to be a scholar. We merely have to be a follower. We don't have to be scholars in this room. Go to your home, Jesus says. Go to your family and tell them the wonderful things that God has done for you. See, Jesus is saying to him some very clear things. The first one is this, make it personal. Make it personal. He says, go and tell the people that you know. He makes it so easy, doesn't he? He's not saying go and preach on the sidewalk. You know, you need like a magic trick and you need to have a flyer. He's saying, go and tell. I know someone who did that once. Go and tell. There's some laughter. Go and tell the people you know. Talk to them because they will know that you were different before. Are you different because of Jesus? Are you? I believe that we are. I believe that when Jesus comes in our life, he transforms us. And Jesus is simply saying, go and tell people what I've done in your life, the people that you know, because they'll know that you're different. They'll know that you're not the same person. I believe that sometimes we complicate talking about Jesus, you know, but God just wants us to go and talk to the people about who people we know about what we know. Very quite simple in this passage. And see, Jesus is saying to him, your transformation is your testimony. We talk about our story. You know, he didn't say explain the gospel. He didn't say break down 10 steps to Jesus. He didn't say learn Romans Road, if you know what that is, which is four scriptures that explain the gospel. He didn't say you need to have a theology degree. He merely said, go and tell your story. See, Revelation says that us, the saints, overcome the devil who wants to control the minds of unbelievers, that we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb and by our theology, by our knowledge of God, by our ability to explain the gospel? No, by the word of our testimony. Jesus is saying, go tell who you know about what you know, what Jesus has done for you that that would be the holy echo that resounds from your life. People will see the transformation that I have worked in you and your story, your story has the power to set them free as well. Our story, my story, your story. See, it's not about somebody up here, it's about us, everybody, that we would be the ones that would resound by telling our story somebody in this room this week, we've got to decide, I'm going to go tell who I know about what I know. I'm going to go talk to somebody. I'm going to go and share Jesus with somebody. See, this man obeyed, and the Bible says that he preached, not just to who he knew, but to everyone who would listen. I like this guy. I like this guy. He preached to everyone, person by person, one by one, his personal revelation of what Jesus had done for him, and the message of the Lord sounded out from him. It's echo heard in every place. In the, in the translation Mark, it says, 
that, not the translation, in the book of the Bible, Mark, it says that he went to the Decapolis, which was 10 cities in the Greco-Roman world. 10 cities. He told everyone, 10 cities. Oh, the message of the Lord sure sounded out from him. He was carrying the story of what Jesus had done everywhere. Has Jesus done something in your life? Has Jesus done something in your life? Who are we showing Jesus to? You know, just this week, I had another appointment. Appointments are the, the thing of life, right? <laughs> it's about the only place I don't meet Christians. <laughs> so, you know, those appointments really matter to me. <laughs> I was at this appointment, and this crazy thing happened this week. Like, literally, I wasn't even talking to this person about Jesus. They were asking me. They're like, oh, I've, you've been running a conference. They're like, oh, do you go to a church? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, I really, my daughter really wants to come to church. And I'm going to give you my phone number. I'm like, um, okay. <laughs> like, who does that? Like, you know, it's like the fish are jumping right now. I'm telling you what. You know, there has been a significant shift in our nation after what has taken place in Christchurch. And I truly believe that the curtains of a spiritual understanding have been pulled across our nation. See, people have started to question religion. They've started to ask questions about God. People are questioning what's Islam, what's Christianity, what's the difference? But people are questioning and searching. And right now, we are in a season of harvest in our nation. See, we need to understand the time that we are in. Never before have the fish been jumping. They are jumping. I've had two fish this week, if I can put it that way. Two people this week asking me about church, not the other way around. Oh, my goodness. Right now, there is a spiritual hunger in our nation. I prophesy to this place that from the four corners of this nation, there are people who are searching, hungry, looking, waiting to hear waiting to hear a people who would carry the message of what Jesus has done for them. Not what Jesus will do, but what Jesus has done. See, the grave has been defeated. We sung it. He's our living hope. He's our living hope. Oh, we're going to carry this message like a holy echo, you know, on planes, at supermarkets, at the gym. Everywhere we intersect with others, in our workplace, in our university, at our high school. Look, we're crossing paths with people all the time. But do we make them hear about Jesus or do we allow them to be drawn to his reflection as we're transformed in his likeness? And out of that, they begin to ask. And out of that, we begin to speak. And out of that, we don't let our lives be silent. See, the church must not be silent. That's us. We are the church. We are his holy people being built together in this temple. And we cannot allow ourselves to be silent right now. We need a holy boldness and a courage, a willingness to step out and speak about this Jesus that we love. Through my life, I've seen so many people come to know Jesus. It's so special and precious when you know that someone who wasn't ever in church, who hears the message of their gospel and their lives are changed. You know, you've possibly heard the story of me on a plane from Dunedin, and I was on a plane to Dunedin to Wellington, but there was a girl flying to Whangarei on the same plane, and I gave her a pie. That one girl went to church the next Sunday. She's now a leader in Arise Whangarei. See, we never know, we never know what a conversation seasoned with grace and salt and pies. We never know. 
We never know what Jesus will do with the words that we're willing to speak, with the story that we're willing to share. I had a student who I would share about Jesus with because she would ask me, and I ran into her supermarket, seemed to be great places for conversations about Jesus. And I, I ran into her at the supermarket checkout, and she says, Mrs. Cameron, Mrs. Cameron, I have to tell you that I found Jesus. I have to tell you, I found Jesus. She said, I was in Auckland, and a friend took me to a youth group, and I remembered, I remembered the things that you'd said. And she said, I found Jesus. And she said, I've never been more thankful because just a little while later, my mother passed away. And if it hadn't been for Jesus, I don't know how I would have gotten through that. See, some of us in this room, all it takes is for us to be willing to let a holy echo resound from our lives, that we'd be willing to speak, look stupid, suffer rejection, put ourselves out there. As Emma said, what have we got to lose? But they have everything to gain. They have everything to gain. When we understand the eternal significance of our words and our conversations, we begin to carry in our hearts a passion for the lost that burns within us. See, we're not here just for us, are we? We're here to see the lost find Jesus that all would know, that all would know this love that burns within, this grace that redeems every sin, this grace that overlooks every fault, this grace that stares with eyes of love in the midst of our difficulty. No matter when we're in the miry clay, he says, I can lift you up. See, that man was set free from the greatest difficulties and challenges. He was mad, and Jesus set him free. See, God doesn't even have to do that with a madman. He can do it with a normal person. We don't have to be mad to be set free. We don't have to be needy. Actually, we can be quite normal, and Jesus still transforms us. See, I was normal. I'm sure you were normal when you found Jesus. It's not about need. It's not about need. It's about the fact that all must receive from Jesus. See, it's not about the fact that, oh, that person, I'd better tell them about Jesus. Yeah, they really need Jesus. No, 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 no. The person that you sit next to, not just the needy people, every person, the most together people, the most successful people. See, Jesus said, what good is it if you gain the whole world and yet forfeit your very soul? My friends, we're not just to go out to the highways and byways, to the poor, to those who are needy. We're also to go to the king's palaces. We must spread the word everywhere that Jesus takes us. See, the holy echo is to resound everywhere, everywhere. All are invited. All are invited. All. All. See, we have to take the blinders off. Come on, we've got to take the blinders off of who we think we can talk to. Who we think is willing to hear. It doesn't matter, as John said this morning, their willingness to hear. It matters our willingness to speak. It matters our willingness to share the truth in Jesus' name. See, I want to tell you this, that preaching is not just for preachers. Pinch someone next to you. Poke someone next to you. Punch someone if they're a guy. Maybe not the girls. As I said, I'm not much of a puncher. But preaching, I'm definitely a poker. And in fact, John is always telling me, darling, don't poke me. And I'm like, but I poke, you know. <laughs> I'm that wife who pokes. I'm sorry, darling. I've got to poke. I'm trying to stop that. It's one of my wifey things I'm working on is to not poke my man. 
But then he doesn't like me to talk to him either sometimes <laughs> when he's in his man cave. But he does like me to cook. Anyway, I'm going to keep going. This message is spiraling down. Just preaching is not just for preaching. See, this man, this man that Jesus set free, he wasn't one of the disciples, nor was he one of the 70 that Jesus commissioned and sent out to preach the gospel and to pray for people to be set free. This was just an ordinary man who'd received something from Jesus. Does that sound like you today? Are you just an ordinary person who's received something from Jesus? And Jesus says to him, you go, you tell everyone about what I have done for you. And he started with everybody he knew, and then he kept on going with every person that he met. See, what about that scripture, this holy echo? Paul was writing to the Thessalonian church. Now, what we need to understand tonight is this Thessalonian church was full of new Christians. These are not mature Christians. These are not grown-up Christians. They're not doing theology courses. They're new believers. And Paul writes to the new believers, the novices, and he says, from you is coming a holy echo that is resounding. So you might be new at this Christian thing, but your testimony has power from the minute that you've received Jesus Christ. From that moment on, there is something that can resound from our lives. See, it was the followers, followers of Christ. It wasn't a pastor. It wasn't a minister. It wasn't a flyer, as John said. It wasn't a beautiful video. It was the followers of Christ from which this holy echo was arising. See, it's up to you and me. We are the holy echo. We are the resounding echo of what Christ has done for us. Preaching is not just for the preachers. You see, our lives are the stage that we stand on every day and preach from. That's why we live with integrity, with character, with conviction. That's why we preach about a life that follows Jesus, obeys Jesus. See, our life is the stage upon which we stand and preach this good news, a life transformed in Jesus. I want to say to us all tonight that we are to preach knowing that we are sent. You don't need to receive a prophecy tonight. That would be nice. But you don't need it to know that you are sent, that you are commissioned, that you are appointed, that you are called, and in fact, that Jesus expects it of you. He expects it and he asks it. See, he says this in Matthew 28, go in my authority and make disciples of all nations. In Mark chapter 16, as you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Luke 20, Michael Jackson stole that. Luke, oh no, was it Stevie Wonder stole that? The entire human race. Yep, got from the Bible. Luke 24, I'm not sure if I should have gone funny there because it's a quite serious point. Luke 24, 47, <laughs> the inner monologue. Now you must go into all the nations and preach repentance. Oh, don't pull your punches. Don't pull your punches, people. Jesus is not a Band-Aid. Oh, no. Preach repentance, forgiveness of sins, so that they will turn to me. He then says, stay here until the mighty power of heaven falls on you. John 20, 
received the Holy Spirit, I send you to preach the forgiveness of sins. And people's sins will be forgiven if what if you preach it. And he goes on to say, but if you don't proclaim the forgiveness of sins, they will remain guilty. If you don't, if you don't, Romans 10, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be rescued and experience new life. But how can people call on him if they've not believed? How can they believe in the one they've not heard of? How can they hear the message of life if there is no one to proclaim it? How can the message be proclaimed if messengers are yet to be sent? That's why scripture says, how welcome is the arrival of those proclaiming the joyful news of peace and of good things to come. See, God has got a holy echo to resound out of our lives. Wouldn't it be a shame if we had a friendship for 10 years and we were like, yep, I'm working on my friendship evangelism. And for 10 years, we gave them friendship, but no evangelism. Now, I got back from Christmas holidays, and uh, the great thing about coming back from Christmas holidays was that we were away while Christmas was on, and I got back to a few packages. I was so excited. I was like, yes, Christmas keeps on going. <sighs> I love presents. Who loves presents? Oh, yes. Yes, good. We're all the same. <laughs> Everybody loves receiving presents. And I was like, oh, a parcel. And I was so excited, so I got the scissors, and I began opening this box. I'm like, oh, it's exciting. You know, what's in here? Very exciting. And I was like pulling out all the tissue and just digging into this, getting, you know, there was a lot of packaging. There was a lot of packaging. It was going on and on. And there was bubble wrap. Yep, no, nothing in there. And there was more tissue and more tissue, and there was wrapping paper, and there was all sorts of stuff. And then finally, at the bottom of the box was a piece of paper. I was like, ooh, maybe someone sent me a voucher. You know, just add to the surprise. This is exciting. You know, oh, wonder what shop it's going to be for. You know, hopefully not countdown, but something good. <laughs> uh, be great. Hopefully not a shop that John will want to use the voucher. Just a girls only shop. None of this unisex shops, no. But... I opened this up thinking, here's my voucher, what's it going to be, you know, you have got dinner and you have got, I opened it up and I read, your item has been successfully destroyed. Kind regards, New Zealand Customs. That was all that was in the box. They had sent me, they had packaged it all back up. They had left the bubble wrap in. They had left wrapping paper and tissue paper. And there was nothing in the box. Apparently, it turns out it was honey. So that got destroyed because it's a biohazard, right? Can't send honey. It will hurt the bees. Hurt the bees. <laughs> but you know... This can be like us. We're giving the gift of friendship. We're giving this gift of friendship. But unless we're giving 
the gift of Jesus, the greatest gift ever given. We're only giving people a half-empty package. We're only delivering half of the gift of who we are in their lives. See, we're meant to be a gift who brings them to the gift. We're meant to be a gift that gives Jesus Christ away. We're not meant to keep an empty package and keep handing out, oh, you can be my friend, be my friend, be my friend. But I'm actually not telling you about the greatest thing that's ever happened to me because, you know, I'm scared of what you'll say. Maybe you won't want to be my friend anymore. Maybe you'll think I'm one of those Bible-bashing Christians. Sometimes our fear keeps us from giving people the greatest gift they could ever receive. How are we going to feel? How are we going to feel at the end of the age when we stand before Jesus and our 10 years of friendship was simply an empty box? Oh, somebody this week, we've got to take hold of this and start to say, you know what? Have you ever heard about Jesus? Do you know what Jesus has done in my life? Can I tell you about the work that Jesus has done in me? Can I tell you that I don't struggle with anxiety anymore? Can I tell you that I don't struggle with shame anymore? Can I tell you that Jesus radically changed my life? Can I tell you that I'm filled with a joy that's everlasting? Can I tell you that I have a hope that burns with me? Can I tell you about this Jesus whom I love, Jesus Christ, that He is the only way to God the Father? Can I tell you there is no other way to heaven but through Jesus? Can I tell you about what He has done for me? Oh, somebody in this room, let's stand before Jesus knowing we did all we could. See, the power of the echo is in the substance that it carries. The power of the echo is in the message that resounds out of our lives. We don't want an empty echo. We don't want an empty message. Let the message of the Lord resound. Let the message of the Lord resound. The message of the Lord, His name lifted high, His name exalted high. His is the only name that matters. At the end of the age, our lives need to be a holy echo. Our lives are to be a holy echo. Oh, would you like your life to be a holy echo in this place? I believe that this message is to resound from each and every one of us. 1 Peter 4, 8 says, Above all, constantly echo God's intense love. Constantly echo God's intense love. As our heart is entwined with God's love, it will overflow. We can't help but tell people about this great love we have found. Does the message of Jesus echo out from us? I want to tell you one more thing tonight. Light can travel through a vacuum. Light can travel through space. That's why Jesus is the light that shines in the darkness. But sound cannot travel in a vacuum. They did an experiment where they put a clock, a ticking clock inside a, a dome. As they sucked the air out of the dome, you could no longer hear the clock ticking. See, sound has to have a medium to travel through. It needs air, it needs water, it needs metal, it needs something. And the truth is that our breath, our voice is the medium. Our voice, our echo is the medium for which this holy echo will resound from. We are the ones that carry this. You know, 
You know, your fingerprints are unique. No one else has your fingerprint. Did you know your voice is exactly the same? Your voice is uniquely yours. No one else has your voice. No one else has your sound. No one else can cause a holy echo like yours. No one else can speak like you. No one else can go and tell the people that you know about what He has done for you. Oh, a holy echo is to resound from us that we would go, that we would waken up the city, that we would waken up the nation, that we would preach this good news, spread the good news, share what Jesus has done. Oh, right now, our nation is in an awakening. Our nation is in an awakening. It's time for us to spread the good news. Let it echo, let it echo, let it echo out beyond us for the love of God that all would know, that all would know. Jesus says, compel them to come. Compel them, go and talk to them. Spread the good news, spread the good news. Colossians 2, Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts. Oh, somebody in this place, the message of the Lord has resounded out from you. Its echo has been heard in every place. Oh, come on, lift your hands if you believe God has got something to come out of your life. If you would like to find out more about Arise Church and Pastor Gillian Cameron, visit arisechurch.com or connect with us on Instagram at Arise Church and at Gillian Cameron.